Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Goddess and Sweats podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking about feminine things and the things that we don't get prepared for when we go through procedures like having our tubes tied. Um, and this is from my experience. Now, one thing to keep in mind is I did zero editing in this episode, so be patient with me. It may not sound as pretty as some of my other episodes because I'm at the point right now where if I do edit, I'm going to hear it and then I'm going to not post it. And I think this is an incredibly important topic to cover because so many women go into these procedures without being prepared for the toll it can take emotionally. So with that, enjoy and I'll see you on the inside. Hello and welcome back. So I had a podcast episode up and then I deleted it because I got self-conscious. So now I am re-recording it and the podcast I wanted out a week and a half ago is coming out today. And this episode is actually prompted by a conversation. It was a short conversation I had with a friend about um, women things. So about like getting your tubes tied and some of the things that happen that don't get talked about or don't get shared with you on what to expect. So I want to share a little bit about my story of when I had it done. I had it done, oh my gosh, it's been five years now. I got it done just before I turned 31. And actually almost to the day, it was June 7th. I remember the day because I was excited. (laughs) I was excited to have it done um, because one, I was tired of having to rely on birth control and I had an IUD at the time, which was causing me a bit of emotional grief And yeah, so I just want to share my story of this because there's other women who are going to be going through this stuff that are not going to be prepared for the emotional things that you're going to go through, the depression piece, which happens. And then also on the IUD side of things, I had some things happen that again, when it was taken out, I I didn't know that was going to happen and, and it scares the shit out of you. So I'm going to share these. So let's talk about the whole, well, the whole thing. So um, I had my tubes tied. They cut them, cauterized them, and that's that's the story. (laughs) So they went through, like the doctors went through the physical things I would probably feel like because they fill you with gas so that they can get in there and all that. And honestly, the gas bubbles got those hurt. Like I couldn't stand for very long before my chest was in excruciating pain because all the gas rises up into your chest. And so spent a lot of time laying down. Now the crazy part about this, well, it's not crazy, but but the, the funny thing is you're on bed rest for a while. I don't remember how long my recovery period is actually because my whole family got dog sick the next day. Everybody woke up just, I have never seen them this sick before. And so I ended up having to do more than I probably should have. So I don't really know (laughs) what my, my recovery period was. And now I don't want any, any grief or shade thrown towards my family for this. It was honestly out of their control. 
and like I said, I've never seen them this sick before. Um, they did the best they could to make sure I could rest, but they needed help. That's, that's what it was. So anyways, I couldn't stand for very long. It was quite painful for quite a while. And even now, sometimes like where my little scars are, I'll get a little bit of pain in there, but it's not anything crazy. So those are the typical things that they'll walk you through. They'll be like, you know, you'll, you'll experience pain. Just you lot, you know, use your painkillers, ibuprofen, whatever they say you can use and use it. Don't allow yourself to deal with the pain, please. It's not worth it. And do your best to get rest. If you can get someone to help you, that's honestly the best way to go. But what they didn't warn me was the emotional toll it was going to take. Because by getting, I just say fixed, you are ending a cycle of your life. You're, you're now moving out of, there's no more children after this. I mean, I thought about it afterwards and yeah, I could if we wanted to do like um, in vitro because that's very possible. My uterus is still there <laughs> and it still functions. I just have to have the embryo embedded. But for it to happen naturally, like that stage of my life was over. And so I started going through all these lasts that I'd already experienced that I didn't realize were lasts. I mean, I was pretty darn sure after having my littlest that we weren't having, we didn't want any more kids. Whoops. Whoops. That we didn't want any more kids or I especially didn't want any more kids. I was, I was done my last pregnancy. I was grouchy and I had easy pregnancies really easy pregnancies um yeah when people tell you horror horror stories of how their pregnancy was held mine was not that I mean I was definitely crustier on the last one just emotionally tired and just a little bit bitchier but I mean my pregnancies my birthing experiences were all fantastic I didn't push for more than an hour and that was with my first child with my my girls my second two um, with my middleest, I think I pushed for a grand total of 15 minutes. And for my littlest, I pushed for a grand total of six minutes. Like I was quick. My doctor even said, he's like, wow, you're, you're kind of, you're really built for this. I don't, and I know he didn't mean that in any mean way, but I think he was surprised <laughs> at how easy, easy, quote unquote, easy they were. They still weren't easy, but I tell you what, I didn't have to deal with no 36 hour labors. I didn't have to deal with any um, pregnancy issues. So I had it super easy. Like these are the, these are, I think the pregnancies and birthing stories that every physician midwife wishes for their, their mom, the mother that they're working with. Anyways, so that was over. Like I wasn't, I was never going to have the belly again. I wasn't going to be holding a newborn again, hearing those first little cries, seeing all those first, you know, those first steps and the first word and, and even thinking about it now, I'm getting a little emotional about it, but it's a very real thing because I went into a little pit of depression and I go in and out of bouts of depression. I do struggle with that, even just in normal, (laughs) my normal everyday life, um, My littlest is here helping me along this, so she just gave me a hug because she's super sweet that way. 
So, but this was a little bit different. Like I remember, and I don't, I haven't done it in a long time, but I would lay down and push my belly out just to see what it looked like again to have that belly. And then I got really sad because I'm like, I'm never going to see a little foot kick out in my, like it's over. And there's, there's a couple ways that people on the outside looking in could look at this. One, you could have empathy, which is the one I recommend. I recommend the empathetic route. And then the other one is the, well, you should have known. I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to have this flood of emotions and that there was going to be like almost feeling of this gap left. I didn't know that. Nobody really explained that. So how how was I supposed to know that, right? And then you get people say, well, that's the choice you made and I just want to take a stick and shove it right up their pie hole. Not up, not their pie hole, sorry. What's the other one? <laughs> Cornhole, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, in that, it just pissed me off, right? When you hear people say shit like that. No one ever said it to me directly, which is interesting. Um, and then I start thinking about it and I'm like, did anyone ever actually say it or is this just the shit in my head? Ah, there's that too. But you do see it here and there. Here's, you see it here and there from other people and then you see how other people respond. So I don't share a lot of this stuff out in the public because I'm, I don't have the emotional wherewithal or energy to entertain people who are going to be like that. So I just don't share it. I'll share it here. And if you come at me, I will kick you right in the ass for that. Anyways, I'm off track here again. So the reason I want to share this is because a friend of mine, um, she just recently went through this and, and she, you know, gently touched on some things that she was feeling. And so I, I opened the door and said, you know, you can talk to me about this. It's okay if you have questions or if there's anything you want to vent about, because I've been through it. Um, I know the feeling. And so she, she opened up a little bit with me, which was great. And this is a relatively new friend. So <laughs> I just want to say kudos because <laughs> I struggle with that a lot with opening up to people right away. Um, not even right away, but even if it's been a while, it's, it's a weird thing. So she opened up a little bit about this and I thought, you know what, this is something I want to make a podcast about because there's other women out there who are feeling very alone. They feel like they're going crazy because they feel this way for a decision that they wanted. And the thing is, is it's, it's not to discredit the decision. Honestly, now, five years later, I'm super grateful that I did it because I don't have to worry about birth control anymore, which I'm going to get into in just a second. And now it's like my kids are getting older. That stage of my life is moving along. And I'm very grateful for the decision. There was a, there's a huge sense of freedom that comes after the depression piece. And so I want to touch a little bit on the depression piece, because if there's anyone, if you're talking to somebody about this and they're like, well, you made that decision, honestly, in the nicest way, tell them to politely go fuck themselves. I don't mean that. But at the same time, I do mean that. Like I'm, I'm probably, and this isn't to toot my own horn. I've had this said a lot. <laughs> um, I'm probably one of the kindest people you ever meet. So when I tell you to go fuck yourself, like I mean it. 
because I don't say it very often, but politely (laughs) shut up about it. Yeah, they made the decision. But the other thing to keep in mind is that when that happens, there's a chemical response that happens in the body, right? The eggs can't come through anymore. There's, There's a little bit of an interrupt. And with any decision anybody makes, there's always going to be kind of like that buyer's remorse. Yeah, you made the decision, but there's always that, what have I done? That's totally normal. Totally normal. And I don't think anybody should be made to feel bad for that feeling. Allow yourself to feel it. It's okay. Like, what is the response happening? What are you feeling? For me, I felt a sense of emptiness for a little while. And it's okay. No one should ever make you feel bad because you feel that way about a decision you made. It, it wouldn't have mattered what decision you made. You would still have some kind of buyer's regret, right? Decision regret. And that's okay. Um, and for anyone who has never gone through something like that before, you're never going to really understand it because you don't know what it feels like. And that's okay too. But do your best to empathize with that person. Like what would it feel like to have it where, yeah, you wanted this to happen, but at the same time, it ends a whole part of your life. Something that has been like, for me, I had my first at 24 and my last at 28. 28? I think so. (laughs) 28 or 29. And so for that whole period of my life, that was a huge part of my identity that is now gone. And it's okay to mourn that. It's okay to to feel a sense of loss about it. Like really and truly, it's okay. So if you're considering or if you're in the process of getting that done, even if it's a full-blown like hysterectomy due to health reasons, by the way, because I know a lot of women who've had that done too because they needed to or because they wanted to and that's okay you had to make that decision who also feel very similar feelings theirs might be a little bit more intense because a lot of other things get taken out and that's okay you can feel that just know that at least for what I did and mine wasn't as intense as a hysterectomy I mean I just had my tubes snippered and pulled out pulled out that sounds so gruesome um it's it's okay to feel that And it's probably quite normal if you ask women who've had these procedures done. And I think this is something that doctors need to prepare these women for. Because I was not prepared. And I struggled. I didn't know who to talk to about it. And nobody ever told me it was normal. Even though the more I've talked to other women who've had it, it's very, very normal. So just know that. Now let's talk about the birth control side of things. Because at the same time that I had my tubes tied, they took my IUD out, which I had had in for three years. Is that right? That doesn't feel right. I think my timelines are off. So let's, (laughs) but I know it was in there for a couple years. And so with an IUD, my period stopped, which means my uterine wall stopped shedding, which means that it just kept layering and layering and layering. What happens when all that gets taken out in the period start? All those layers got to come off. And they sure fucking did in one shot. It was the blood clot of a century. (laughs) 
I won't get into the details of it. There's a really funny story behind it. Some of my friends know it. Maybe one day I'll share it. But but it scared the crap out of me. And the worst part was, is when this blood clot came out, I was in a public place and I had to act very normal. <laughs> I didn't want to freak out. So if you have an IUD in and you've had it in for a while and maybe you're getting it taken out and you're getting it taken out for good, just be aware that this could happen. There's a very good chance that you're going to have a shedding of all of these uterine walls that have been building up. So this is another reason why I know a lot of people are struggle with the birth control piece. I do now too. Because of these issues that don't get talked about, nobody prepared me that that was going to happen. It was after the fact, like, oh yeah, yeah, that does happen. Like, no, you got to warn, you got to prepare women for this stuff. Because they're out there in the world doing their thing, thinking they're dying because they have a clot the size of a fucking, I don't even know what it was the size of. It was big, like at least the size of the palm of my hand at least. And then more came out afterwards. Like that's, if you look at when you go in and after you have a child, the nurses tell you afterwards, so like if you find a clot that comes out bigger than a toonie, you call us, like you ring your bell and you make sure that we come and check on you. Well, what do you do when you're out in public in your day-to-day life and you have one that comes out the size of your palm? So do you see where it can cause a lot of anxiety for women? So these things, they just, they need to be talked about. And I don't know who to talk to to get the bandwagon rolling for this. And maybe it starts with us women first being aware that this can happen. And that's what this podcast, this particular episode is about. So that we can ask those questions and start getting doctors to make this a common practice where we can sit down and have the emotional conversation of, hey, you're making this decision. This is a very big life-altering decision. And you might feel these things and it's okay. It's normal. Make sure you have a support system, somebody you can talk to. Maybe they can hook us up with somebody too. That would be helpful. Like hook us up with some some therapy in some sense or a counselor that we can consult with and phone if we're really struggling with it because it's a real thing right when you're dealing with that post-op depression and even though it may seem like a very small operation which it is I mean I've got three tiny little scars that are less than an inch in length one in my belly button and two on the side of my stomach that's it like it's tiny tiny but it's life changing life altering you're moving into a whole new set I guess a whole new phase of life this needs to be talked about more the other thing that needs to be talked about more and I mean I was grateful that my doctor didn't you know push back at me when I asked for this procedure to get done and this was a new doctor I mean I was just moving in from BC to Alberta brand new doctor I told him what I wanted and he didn't um He didn't push back at me at all, which I am so grateful for. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Pretorius. I appreciate it. Um, But there are a lot of women who get a lot of pushback from doctors that really question of, do you really want to do this? Most women have thought this through hard. Like I thought this through really hard for a long time, right after my littlest was born. Like I thought, thought it through for those, I think it was 
two years, a year. It's got to be at least two years. It makes sense if it was two years. I'm going to have to check timelines. <laughs> but, but I thought it through. I thought it through over and over. And there were a couple times I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And then, no, it's, it's the smartest thing. And now I don't regret, I don't regret it at all. There's a very freeing feeling. Like I said, my littlest is now seven. Ugh. And we're just getting into this phase of life and things are changing and it's, they're growing and everybody's kind of growing into themselves and even me as a parent growing back into myself again and my own identity, whatever that may be. <laughs> so it's kind of a beautiful thing. And then the other thing that's happening, and I heard this from a lady that I worked with because she had her tubes tied and she's like, what'd she say? She said she started going through menopause symptoms way earlier than her mother did who didn't have the procedure done. And so I've been paying attention. Now, maybe I'm paying too close of attention or maybe I'm, I'm thinking I'm just paying the right enough attention because I don't go searching out, you know, what are the symptoms? I just listen to what other women are telling me of what they're going through. I'm like, yeah, I'm going through that. The, if there is a possibility of kind of moving the perimenopause symptoms on earlier, I'm curious if there is a correlation between having your tubes tied or having that type of procedure done and having menopause symptoms come on sooner because uh, I've had some already which I'm fine with I mean I've I've said a few times I'm like you know what <laughs> this monthly shit could just end I am fine going through menopause at 35 like bring it on let's finish this shit will it last 15 years I don't know I would hope not I hope that I could take care of myself enough that it would go quickly <laughs> but anyways that's for another topic that's for another day um but anyways, just this conversation, I think, needs to happen. There needs to be more preparation for women who are going through this procedure of what they could feel emotionally. There needs to be a support system. Like, And again, I think it starts with women. Ladies, if you're starting to go through this process, ask these questions like, what can I expect? Are there, is there anyone I can consult if I struggle with depression after this? Like, is this normal? asking these questions and if your doctor doesn't give you the right response <laughs> we might we might want to consult a second opinion i'm thinking nothing wrong with that by the way nothing wrong with a second opinion a second opinion i can't speak today because my nose is starting to plug up because allergy season Woo! good times um anyways after a lot of babbling i hope i didn't go off the rails too far on this one but i also hope at the same time that it helps any other woman who's going through this or considering going through this, it helps to prepare them for what could happen. And again, this is only based on my experience and a little bit from what my friend shared, but I'm not sharing her story because that's not my job and that's not my place to do that. But her symptoms are very similar to mine. So this is what could happen if you're going through that. Some things to be aware of emotionally and making sure that you take care of yourself. Like if you need to cry it out for a bit as you push your belly out and pretend you're pregnant, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not weird. You're grieving a previous, or not a previous, but you're grieving the end of 
a cycle, an end of a phase of your life. And that's okay. That's okay. Grieve it however you need to. There's nothing wrong with that. And just know that you're not alone. And if you need somebody to talk to, I will put my social spaces in the show notes. You are welcome to reach out to me. If I don't get back to you right away, please bear with me. It's been hectic here the last little while and it probably will continue to be hectic around here till the end of summer because I've been working longer hours so I can take more time off, (laughs) which is great, great, great fun, long days um, and early to beds so that I can go out and be a hooligan with the fam jam. Um, But reach out and if you're not comfortable reaching out to me, I hope you can find somebody or that there's somebody in your life that you would feel comfortable enough to reach out to because these are things where I think we need a little extra support that isn't talked about enough. So until next time, I was going to say keep fit and have fun, but I'm pretty sure that's trademarked. Please don't come at me. Um, But until next time, just keep on keeping on. Lean on people when you need to. And just remember that I fucking love you.